1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Biblical Anarchy Podcast, a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute and part of the Christians for Liberty Podcast Network. This week and every week on Biblical Anarchy, we seek to live counterculture to the empire of man and instead seek the kingdom of God by unpacking what the Bible teaches about government, authority, and human relationships. I am your host, Jacob Daniel Winograd. So for today's episode, we are continuing with interviews from Freedom Fest when I was there in the middle of July with LCI to help man our tables, run interviews, and do our sessions on nationalism and Christian nationalism. And this interview was with the president of Atheists for Liberty. His name is Thomas Sheedy. Thomas and I had a conversation about where we agree and where we disagree (laughs) based on our different religious worldviews but then having a common worldview when it comes to accepting and believing in free markets free trade individual rights sovereignty and you know libertarianism so we got into and i didn't have a lot of time and i hope to maybe get thomas on for a longer interview sometime in the future but what i tried to get at was you know, a little bit of a good faith back and forth about where we, you know, obviously we agree on libertarianism, but where we might come to the same conclusions from different premises or even from the same premises despite having different religious views. We also talked about, you know, I I kind of shared with him some of my criticisms of atheism and where I think atheism can be potentially problematic in trying to create a free society and also just the problems I think atheism can create for society and for the culture. And then I gave him a chance to also kind of give the opposite to talk about where Christians or Christianity or religion broadly speaking can, in his view, be in opposition to human flourishing and freedom. And so it was a very good faith, good spirited conversation. And we found that there's actually a lot that we agree on outside of libertarianism and We have shared criticisms of both, you know, maybe some of the problems with evangelical Christianity. He was very happy that we were there to speak against Christian nationalism. And he also agreed with me with some of my points about where atheism and secular materialist mindsets within society can be potentially problematic as well. And the general gist of that was that my fear is that atheism is a philosophy of negation, so it creates a void that, while it's better if it's filled with people who value liberty, it's often filled with you know just secular, newer religions that are often very destructive and not aimed at or compatible with the ideals or ethics of liberty or individual rights. But it was a good conversation, and I always think that it's important to foster and model having good relationships with non-believers, because I think it's essential to our, you know, calling as Christians to love our neighbors and our enemies and to bless them and to even if they are persecuting us, to bless them and love them and to respond with that Christ-like attitude and to seek peace with them and to build relationships with these kind of people, which gives us the opportunity to plant seeds and to speak the gospel. And I think that if libertarianism were ever to catch hold within the church or within society that we need to understand that not everyone is going to have our same point of view. And this is kind of essential to what our position is against Christian nationalism, which is it's not our job to wield the sword against those who don't share our values. We're not to wield the sword in the promotion of our values. But if that's true, then we necessarily end up in a position where we can promote our values through free speech and through, Peaceful means, but then, okay, we can either isolate from the world or we can find ways to get along with people, to trade with people and interact with people, and even have relationships with people who aren't believers. And of course, with the caveat that it's important to not be unequally yoked, it's important to be in the world and not of it, and to not be transformed by the world. And so there are always things to be wary of and to be concerned about. But overall, I think that this conversation demonstrates not only. I think some of the overlaps that atheists and Christians can have in the pursuit of individual rights and freedom, it also fosters, I think the sort of relationships and goodwill and hopefully a model for how I I hope that Christians can try to interact with those who are non-believers in the pursuit of, again, building those relationships in the hopes of, having the chance to speak light, speak truth to them and to be able to be a witness to them and building those kinds of relationships and finding where we do have things in common with non-believers allows us to, instead of just like having one chance to speak the gospel to someone, it allows us to, over a long period of time, get many opportunities to witness to them. And also hopefully, if Christ is in us, to showcase through our example and our testimony and the way we live our life, the way we raise our families, the way we conduct ourselves, to also let that be a witness and testimony to those around us, to the glory of God. So I think that as a reformed Christian, I always also like to stress the point that Our job is to plant those seeds and to preach the truth, but it's not our job to actually change someone's heart. And only an act of the spirit can do that. And the state cannot do that. Law cannot do that. Arguing with people incessantly cannot do that. All we can do is that which we have been commanded to do. And that includes preaching the gospel. And that also includes promoting peace and again, having that good witness. And so, I think that too often I see Christians who are just very uncomfortable trying to interact and build relationships with non-believers, and I kind of understand where they're coming from. But I think that hopefully I would just encourage people to listen to this kind of conversation and to consider maybe beyond just libertarianism, there are other ways that you can find things in common with non-believers that can be the basis for building a relationship. I mean, if you're at work just your work environment and having a relationship with coworkers can be good opportunities you know if you're you're in college you know things like that you know or getting involved in different things in your community working in volunteer organizations there's so many opportunities where we can go out there and again it can be meeting people through common interest or it can be meeting people by going out there and just living out that servant calling doing good to those around us and finding ways to fill those roles in our community. And I think that's an important aspect here is that I think a lot of non-believers and atheists have an aversion to Christianity because whether fair or unfair, they have this caricature in their head that Christians want to promote their values through the use of the state, through this sort of top-down you know, authoritarianism Christian nationalists aren't helping with this, and Christian nationalists want to reinstitute blasphemy laws and, and Sabbath laws and things like that. And I think a lot of non believers haven't seen that actual example of Christians being Christ like and serving people and doing good unto them, and not necessarily even just doing it with the agenda of wanting to sneak a conversation in about the gospel, those should come in naturally, I think. And I think what preaches the gospel more is less sometimes the overt preaching of it, and sometimes more just the life we lead and the examples that we can give to people. And that is a testimony of the gospel in and of itself that God will use and work the Holy Spirit through those things in the people around us. And so... Yeah, I think all of these things are really important to be thinking about. And although this is a, again, shorter conversation and interview that I had at Freedom Fest, I still think that we covered a lot in that short amount of time. And I hope it, again, demonstrates all these things that I'm talking about. Again, if these kind of conversations and topics are things that you find valuable or important to you, LCI is a nonprofit and we operate pretty much solely on the donations that listeners and people who can see our content give us and so if you want to support the production of this show if you could go to biblicalanarchypodcast.com It's always appreciated if you become a monthly donor, you become an insider essentially and get access to donor meetings and some behind the scenes content and you get to hear about the things that we're doing before anyone else does. So again, that's biblicalanarchypodcast.com and that's all I got for you. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Thomas Sheedy, again, the president of Atheists for Liberty. Hello, everyone. Jacob Winograd here. We got another interview for you from the floor at the Freedom Fest here in Memphis, Tennessee with Libertarian Christian Institute. I have with me the president of the organization Atheists for Liberty. His name is Thomas Sheedy. Thomas, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me
2: on. I see the Libertarian Christian Institute's booth actually every year when I go to Freedom Fest. This is my third now. And I always wanted to know more of what you guys were about, especially since we're both organizations at Freedom Fest that deal with the topic of religion. It's very interesting to see you guys here. You know, I spoke to a few of your colleagues recently to learn a little bit more about what you guys
1: are about. Yeah, of course. I actually connected with one of your, I think, state representatives on Twitter a while back, although I forget his name. But so I've been aware of you guys for a little bit, and I'm glad we were able to sit down and have a conversation here. So I think it's. I've always been very interested in establishing a bit of a collaboration between religious people and religious Christians in particular with agnostics and atheists in the liberty movement. Yeah. Because I think, so I'm an ANCAP, and the name of my podcast within the Libertarian Christian Institute is Biblical Anarchy. So I believe in like a polycentric legal order and a pluralistic society, which means necessarily that there are going to be Christians and that there are going to be atheists and agnostics Mm -hmm. and people of other religions, and that if such a society is going to exist, we're going to have to find a way to live with each other and live with each other peaceably. When I read my Bible, the passage in Romans 12 says to live at peace with all as far as it depends on you. There is no asterisk after the word all. It doesn't say unless they're Jewish or unless they're, Mm -hmm. you know, Roman or unless they're a non-believer, it just says live at peace with all. And so that mm-hmm. includes people who have a different worldview than me. But it's also important to note that although we have a slightly different worldview on some things pertaining to religion, we do have the same worldview when it comes to liberty. Absolutely. So maybe a cool way to start the conversation off would be, how would you define liberty or libertarianism and how do you approach it?
2: So I see liberty as the autonomy for the individual in a free society. Too often people Really don't have a full understanding about what liberty really means. A lot of people politicized liberty in many aspects, linking it directly to the Libertarian Party, the Republican Party, conservatism, what have you. But the number one thing I care about, especially when running a 501c3 nonprofit organization where we have people who care about liberty from all these different parties that really join us, is that do they care about treating me with respect? Do they care about understanding that in this republic, we live in a society where we have a First Amendment that allows you to believe in God or no God at all and to uphold the very Enlightenment values that allow Christians and atheists to get along in a free society? That answer is yes, I'm doing business with you. and And I would say all those individuals are acting together in the truest sense of that liberty.
1: Yeah, you bring up the... First Amendment allows for that freedom of expression for Christians who practice their religion. And we look at sort of like here in America, a lot of the motivations for people who were coming here was the pursuit of religious liberty. And that took the form of being able to practice different denominations. But we even had like Dutch humanists coming over here and people who were trying to live not necessarily within the Christian tradition. So sometimes I get a little annoyed at that whole trope that you get from right-wing evangelical that, like, America was founded as a Christian Christian nation, nation. which leads Mm -hmm. to a lot of, like, what we're talking about here this week at Freedom Fest. LCI has a session. We had a session this morning on nationalism, and this afternoon, actually, like, in an hour or two from now, we'll be talking on Christian nationalism, which is something that we're very concerned about. I'm sure that's a concern you share as well.
2: It's it's an extremely deep concern for me. I've been going to a lot of conservative and libertarian events, and for a very long time, I sang the kumbaya of, we're all going to agree to disagree. The woke is the bigger problem here. The woke religion has taken over all of our institutions. But a lot of people also get uncomfortable with the fact that you have people who call themselves Christians that are on the very, very, very far-right echelons that are now preaching this very new concept, and it relates to Christian nationalism, called Christian futurism. It's a term being used more and more so on a daily basis by Nick Fuentes. He's a very, very far-right thought leader who's pushing the view that we need to make the 21st century the most Christian century in the history of the world, and we need to do it by any means necessary. It was also an attack against atheists for liberty when we had our presence at CPAC for—that was our fourth year there. And it's something that's very, very scary because of the fact that we, unfortunately, on the right, still kind of have a political correctness where people are too uncomfortable to talk about religion. I bet you guys have that same problem where some people really don't want to discuss the issue. Mm -hmm. It allows for some of these extremists to come on in and perpetuate their most extreme form of their own faith. And it comes at a consequence of your freedoms, my freedoms, everyone else's freedoms here. And it's really, really scary to see how, much these forces have grown, how they've gained relevance. And it's making me realize we need to talk, well, we still need to care about wokeism. We still need to touch on that view. That's a religion that's engulfed all of our institutions with no forgiveness and no redemption. But We need to not forget that wokeism isn't the only religious extreme that exists in this country right now. And it's really scary to see what will happen if we don't pay attention and don't crush these people in the ultimate battle of ideas and in politics.
1: Right. I love that you described wokeism as religious extremism. And I really do see this as sort of a battle of religious extremism on both sides. You have the Christian nationalists or Christian futurist types, and then you have the secular religion and the woke religion on the other side. And I think there's a lot of people who are just stuck in the middle and are (laughs) normal normal, and just like, you know, I mean, I have a lot of friends who are Christian. I have a lot of friends who aren't Christian. I'm sure you have a lot of friends who are Christian and not Christian. Um, A lot of my friends back home. Yeah. it, It tends to not be really be an issue in forming those kind of relationships. If anything, as a Christian, I enjoy having a rather diverse set of people that I associate with, I don't want to live in an echo chamber. And, you know, I think for those who value and understand the importance of liberty, we understand that, you know, I think diversity in the truest sense, not diversity in the the way that the left has tried to hijack that term, but diversity is essential to freedom because that's what free markets thrive upon is Mm -hmm. diversity, specialization, division of labor, and that riding on the spirit of human innovation and creativity is why we live in some of the most prosperous societies and times Mm -hmm. in human history. Right. Um, And what are some of the things that, if any, when you're talking to a Christian, that maybe you have a concern about or a question about in terms of how they would view the topic of liberty, how they would view government and the use of government? Mm -hmm. You know, do you find anything there that you you often— end up trying to push back against and things like that? So,
2: So unfortunately, I push back against the idea that the whole idea of liberty is thanks to Christianity, that the whole idea of liberty is only possible thanks to one individual sect of Christ believers. And if you don't follow that particular political narrative and political line, you're not actually an advocate for liberty. You're not actually an advocate for freedom. And it's this talking point that the Christian nationalists really push forth. And I really like what you talked about the religious diversity, and especially by the way, the religious diversity of Christianity that has existed in the history of this country. We've had Catholics in Maryland, German Protestants in Pennsylvania, we've had uh, you know various <laughs> Protestant sects up in New England, Jews in Connecticut, Anglicans on Long Island, where I'm from, all coming together. To form this kind of interesting experiment where we knew from the get-go that we weren't going to get along, so we had these adult conversations and decided to go against the largest empire in the history of the world, and we beat them. We beat them because we actually understood what liberty really meant. And I think our republic right now is at another crossroads where right now the sexiest thing to say is, screw you, I'm going to destroy the republic and tear the baby with the bathwater because it's degenerate. Or screw you, this republic was built on racism and systemic hatred and massive loads of sexism. So we need to tear down this evil imperialist institution. Both conclusions mean one thing, the creation of tyranny, where all of us will suffer.
1: Yeah. You know, so there's a couple of things there. The first thing you said about some people claim that the ideals of liberty or classical liberalism or whatnot necessarily stem from Christianity, if we had more time, we could get deep into that because I think a case could be made that Christianity, at the very least, had a strong influence on the development of those ideas. However, at the same time, we have to recognize what I would call the genetic fallacy, which is that just because those ideas developed from Christianity Mm -hmm. does not mean that is the only way to hold those ideals. Someone can believe in something without necessarily having to take in conjunction the thing it came from or was influenced by.
2: Absolutely. And and I'll also throw another bone. I'll throw another bone to the Christians. (laughs) Everybody, there are a lot of people and a lot of secularists who think that every founding father was a deist or some magical agnostic out of the ether. No, it was kind of a very interesting, diverse mix. You had deists, you had sure. people that were even bordering on the line of atheism, but you also had very passionate Christians too. Yes. John Adams was a great example. He was a big secularist in that, in the Treaty of Tripoli in 1799, he said America is in, was not in any sense founded on the Christian religion, but he himself was our most religious and most Christian founding father. And I think As secularists, we need to, if we really care about the religious diversity of our nation and us not being founded on one own line of thinking, we need to at least be honest in talking about the individuals that came together despite their differences, some even in the name of those differences and their own individual beliefs to help found our secular country. And yeah. that's a conversation that not a lot of people do. So I don't credit Christianity, per se, and the founding of the country, but I do credit the Christians who came together despite those differences to fight that big empire and to do whatever they could to make sure that us, a band of farmers and workers— could get together to create the greatest nation in the history of the world.
1: Yeah, there's also what you mentioned, which is, you know, we have on one side, you have Christians who are going after what they call degeneracy and Mm -hmm. basically saying that we can't have the rights or freedom for people who do certain things that they disapprove of. Right. You have the opposite side. You have the woke crowd who would say that everything's been founded on Racism and sexism and bigotry and things like that. It seems to me that we have to do a little bit of, I think, damage control, both as, you know, I think the atheists and the Christians for those who are in our spheres. That's kind of why, like, we're speaking against Christian nationalism. We could have just made it nationalism broadly, but no, like, we're Christians. These people are taking, in our view, not just our, like, religion in vain and selling the name of the religion, but to us, they're taking the name of God in vain by conflating things that are necessarily authoritarian and tyrannical with God and the Bible. And, you know, I think to your credit, I think what you guys are trying to do is a similar mission to be like, you know, a lot of people in their minds conflate atheism with this sort of woke secular religion and extremism. And we need to do some damage control to be like, no, there's nothing in someone being an atheist that means that they necessarily have to embrace that sort of lifestyle. or You're absolutely correct.
2: You're totally correct. In fact, this is one thing I do say every now and then when I go on podcasts. I used to say it more because it was more of a fresh thing a few years ago. But myself and plenty of other people behind Atheists for Liberty, we were a part of the new atheism movement. That was a big thing in the 2000s into the mid-2010s. We were a part of plenty of other national atheist think tanks and organizations and movement-based groups. But the vast majority of that infrastructure was corroded by wokeism. We were actually one of the very first movements to be infiltrated by these critical, extreme social justice activists. And so, for the atheists who were normal, I would argue the majority of atheists who were normal, who weren't kicked out they left. And so with a mix of those two different categories, a lot of us, we came together and we formed Atheist Celebrity to show that we are not like those woke atheists that are going to defend some of the most extreme aspects of dogma in the name of their religion of social justice, their religion of DEI. If we really are people of science and reason and rationality and free thinking and freedom of speech and freedom of religion, freedom from religion, all that kind of stuff, we have to show it. And so I think we've done a pretty good job so far at Atheists for Liberty in doing just that. And year by year, we grow because we stick to our principles. We don't grift. We don't get attached to the most extreme talking points or most extreme things. I'm a very passionate, even militant atheist, but I make sure that before I go to bed every night, I make sure that am I doing a good job? Did I work harder than I worked the day before? And am I sticking to the principles that I claim to hold, that I claim to tell people? And myself and the rest of the AFL team has been doing just that, and I am proud to be working with such a great group that stands up against these kind of extremes, even when it's not popular to do so.
1: Yeah, well, kudos to you for that, and that's impressive. So a question, and this is, I mean, a bit of a challenge of, of sorts, but I think where I'm going with it, I think you'll agree with. One of the concerns I have about atheism as it pertains to libertarianism, broadly speaking, is that I think it's not necessarily a coincidence that atheist groups were perhaps easy targets for wokeism. Because I would say what my observation is, you can tell me if you agree, is that atheism is, I think atheists would agree with this definition, it's not really a philosophy of like a positive claim, but it's more of a negative ethos. Correct. And so the downside to that is that it does create somewhat of a void in terms of a broader based worldview and philosophy. And so I think that is one of the pitfalls of atheism that can lend itself towards at least making challenges towards the pursuit of liberty. Because if you just have an ethos of negation, then what fills a void? But what you guys seem to be attempting to do is actually, I think, trying to fill that void. Yes. Now, obviously, you're not filling it with Christianity. But what you're trying to do is say, okay, you know what, maybe and let me know if you agree with this framing, but it's almost as if atheists for liberty, like when I read that, it's like, you know what? It's not enough to just say we're atheists because that is just an ethos of negation. Mm -hmm. But if we say, okay, we reject God, but we're for liberty, we embrace a positive ethos of individual rights, of property rights, of social cooperation, and things like that, that, that perhaps that is what is necessary for... I don't know, reforming atheism or making atheism as a broader-based social collective more resilient towards a secular religion like wokeism taking over and orienting atheists to be more embracing of the ideals that we both agree on.
2: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. One thing I'll also... State is we have an amazing diverse diversity of thought, uh, diverse advisory board. So there are a lot of people who say, okay, atheism is just a negative, and it's true. It's not believing in God, it's not technically a belief system. We use it because there's more and more people identifying as atheists every single year. We're becoming a more secular country, whether we like it or not. And so we want to use terms from a political science context that most people understand. If the non religious are growing, we want to make sure that we guide that growth in a good, enlightened, rational, non-dogmatic direction. So on our advisory board, we have people who run philosophical organizations and belong to certain schools of thought. Like for instance, Craig Biddle, he's the head of the Objective Standard Institute. I noticed they have another booth here too. The Objective Standard Institute, I was just at their Level Up 2023 conference a few years ago, 600 attendees attended. I would say like 590 of those 600 attendees were all atheists. These are people who, objectivists, they don't really put atheism usually as the front label for them, they call themselves mainly objectivists. But objectivists are atheists who hold a philosophy that gives them meaning and purpose in life, to live an objectively filled life. I know there's a lot of claims made that atheists don't believe in objective reality and that everything is subjective without religion. We also have another great gentleman. He also operates in the Liberty Movement by the name of William Irwin. He is an existentialist. So there are plenty of atheists out there who do have purpose and do have meaning in life. I know that's actually one of the biggest new debates on Twitter right now about, oh, we atheists, we, with the atheists, went me through the baby with the bathwater and now everyone's trying to find purpose. I have a purpose in my life. And there are some atheists who I will admit are trying to find that purpose. But I think making this kind of 1980s-esque claim that we all need to go back to church in order to find that when you're an atheist, when you're not a Christian, when you already don't believe and you already know that that's not the case, I think that that's not good. And I think ultimately you're lying to your Christian friends who genuinely do believe. I think it's better to be honest with oneself and to focus on those differences and to be respectful of people with those differences and then to come to a middle ground to figure out what's going to be the driving forces that bring all of us together to save the republic in the first place.
1: Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I mean, it would be silly, I think, to tell an atheist, like, well, you don't believe in God but you're not going to have any meaning or purpose if you don't believe in God. Therefore, go to church yeah. anyway. Like, no. like It's I like if we that- tell
2: a Christian, you're <laughs> so silly for believing these stupid beliefs or whatever. Just join our atheist for Liberty events. Right, right. Get like, pulled like on we, in.
1: We can only act out of our convictions. Exactly. If you are not convicted of what I would call the truth of the gospel, then I don't expect you to act on the truth of the gospel as yep. I see it. So... As a Christian and as a libertarian, what I'm interested in is, okay, if you reject my worldview and you have your own worldview, like I said at the beginning, we all live at peace with each other, what can we have that is sort of a common identity? Mm -hmm. And I think liberty is, and so it's funny that some of the Christian nationalist types who hate libertarianism will say, well, libertarianism is essentially like a religion for a lot of people and for atheists. And I go, you know what? Even if you're going to reduct you ad absurdum to that level, if the choice mm. is that atheists and non-Christians have to choose between the religion of wokeism or libertarianism, how could a Christian not want atheists right. to choose libertarianism as their right. quote-unquote religion, even if that's the way you're going to it? C- and, and I love it.
2: how these Christian nationalists will then point to libertarianism as the home for atheists. Don't get me wrong. Like, we're getting a lot of people signing up as members here within the liberty movement and within libertarianism. But think about then, like, Christianity you know, woke churches, woke churches on the far, yeah. far left, right? Yep. Oh, well, the left, that's just, you could make a similar silly claim, All oh, the left, <laughs> that's the home for Christianity because there are Christian churches that are embracing Black Lives Matter right now. I could, right. I could make the same exact thing. So it's so silly what they're talking points and what they're just trying to do is they're trying to make a fuss out of something that they can't even really defend, but they're trying to be the loudest voices in the room to think that they sound intelligent.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, we're running out of time here but I really appreciate you sitting down to talk with me if people who are listening want to find out more about your organization where can they find you absolutely so we have a website
2: atheistsforliberty.org any atheists or agnostics or non-religious people that like to listen and are interested in joining we have an amazing membership program starting at only $12 a year we do online events. We do in-person events with our state director program. We're normalizing atheism within the liberty movement and within politics. We care about normalizing atheism, preserving free thinking, safeguarding secularism, and advancing individual liberty. Our handle is on most social media platforms at Atheist Liberty, and we're doing a lot of great, amazing things and looking forward to advancing the cause of liberty together.
1: All right. Sounds good. Hey, man, I appreciate you sitting down talking.
2: Appreciate you. Thank you.
0: The Biblical Anarchy Podcast is a part of the Christians for Liberty Network, a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute. If you love this podcast, it helps us reach more with a message of freedom when you rate and review us on your favorite podcast apps and share with others. If you want to support the production of the Biblical Anarchy Podcast, please consider donating to the Libertarian Christian Institute at biblicalanarchypodcast.com where you can also sign up to receive special announcements and resources related to biblical anarchy. Thanks for tuning in.